Welcome to Victory Christian Center's audio podcast. We hope this message encourages you, and we look forward to connecting with you on social media or FCCFMD.com. In the house of the Lord this morning, we've been walking through our series on the songs of Christmas And I just love Christmas songs. I love Christmas carols. I love the hymns that tell the story. Because these hymns, as you look through them, they don't just tell you the story of Christmas. They tell you the story that goes on and on and on and does not end. And so we began our series a couple of weeks ago on the songs of Christmas. And we started with Mary's song and the excitement and the hope that came from the song as she had heard the news from the angel Gabriel. And she went to share with her cousin Elizabeth this great thing that God was about to do, this miracle that was about to take place in her life. We spoke of the prophetic nature of her song, how it spoke to things and shed light on politics and economics and spiritual things that were to come. It was truly a song of hope. And then last week we journeyed to Bethlehem and we talked about some of the potential dangers of that journey for Mary and Joseph as they headed to Bethlehem. The fact that no room was prepared for them, and they spent that night in a stable. We talked about the idea that the king of heaven made his bed in a manger so that we could have a home in heaven. Aren't you thankful for that this morning? It was a song of faith. And so here we are on this third Sunday of Advent, and we focus on joy. And so we're going to take a look today at the angel's song. The Song of the Angels. So if you have your Bibles this morning, I'm going to ask you to turn with me to Luke chapter 2. The Gospel of Luke is where we find that that Christmas story, Luke chapter 2. And we're going to start at verse 5 and read on through verse 14. Luke chapter 2, beginning at verse 5. I'm going to read from the New American Standard this morning. Scripture says, uh, here we go, Luke chapter 2. I'm sorry, I lost my place. We're starting at verse 8. In the same region, there were some shepherds staying out in the fields and keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord suddenly stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terribly frightened. But the angel said to them, Do not be, what? Afraid. For behold, I bring you good news of great joy, which will be for all people. For today in the city of David, there has been born for you a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Verse 13, And suddenly there appeared with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among men with whom he is pleased. Imagine this scene with me for just a moment this morning. Imagine the shepherds. Imagine their reaction. Here they are in the middle of the night. They're out in these open fields. They're talking back and forth. They're watching their sheep graze, making sure they're safe. And then bam, out of nowhere, there's this light. There's this angel that appears before them. And when I picture this 
instant. I don't just think of like little twinkling light. I don't just think of something that they, they could kind of see and was kind of faint. I think of like a big spotlight, something that was so bright that it just, they couldn't help but, but hide their eyes because there was so much brilliance surrounding it. We think about Moses as he encountered the glory of the Lord. The Lord said, what? I've got to hide you in the cleft of the rock because it's just too much for you to handle. And when Moses came down from the mountain, his face shone with the glory of God. So think about these shepherds. It's nighttime. It's dark. And an angel of the Lord appears before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And as you and I would have been, these shepherds were scared. Scripture says they were terribly afraid. They were scared. And they're probably thinking, what is this? What is going on? What is happening right now? And then the angel speaks. And I want us to kind of break down the response of the angel this morning. The first thing that the angel says is what? Do not be afraid. Now, if you're one of the shepherds, you're probably thinking, yeah, sure. You just showed up out of nowhere in the middle of the night and I'm not supposed to be scared. Do not be afraid. This is a, a phrase that we've heard throughout the Christmas story. You see it in the very beginning of Luke chapter 1 as the angel comes to Zechariah. And what is the first thing the angel says? Do not be afraid. Then Gabriel comes to bring the news to Mary. And what's the first thing he says? Do not be afraid. The angel then speaks to Joseph, Mary's fiance, and he says, do not be afraid. And so here we have the shepherds. And the angel appears and says, do not be afraid. Do not be fearful. The word fear in the Greek is a word that means to be put to flight. It means to flee. It means to be alarmed. It means to be terrified of something. And so the angel comes and essentially says, don't run away. Don't be, don't be scared. It's okay. You don't have to be fearful. Scripture tells us in 2 Timothy that God has not given us a spirit of fear. So it's very fitting that the angel of the Lord would come and remind the shepherds of that very thing. Do not be afraid. They're glowing with the glory of the Lord all around them. And you and I would probably be a little shaken up, as were the shepherds. But the command is do not fear. Do not be afraid. So the angel begins the herald by essentially saying, we come in peace, right? You don't have to be afraid of us. Well, we've saying this morning, hark the herald angels what? Sing. Charles Wesley penned what was a poem at the time. His brother founded the Methodist movement, and he said this of his brother's hymn-writing abilities. He said that his brother's hymnal was the best theological book in existence. Charles Wesley wrote over 6,000 hymns. This was much more than any other men had written at that time. I think Fanny Crosby wrote somewhere around 8,000. And so this was quite an accomplishment. I can't even imagine trying to write one, let alone 6,000. But he wrote these hymns, and they were so full of theology. And the reason that he wrote these hymns was for those who were less fortunate those who were illiterate. He wanted them to understand sound doctrine. And what better way to teach someone something and have it stick 
than to put it to music, put it to a song. And so he penned this poem, which was entitled Hark, and we now sing it as Hark the Herald Angels Sing. Well, what did the Herald of the Angels bring? The first thing it brought was the absence of fear. It brought the absence of fear. Do not be afraid. Why? For behold, I bring you good news. We all like good news, don't we? We don't like fake news. We like good news. And so the angel said, I've come to bring you good news. In the King James Version, it said good tidings. That particular phrase, and I think this is so interesting, good tidings or good news, it's used 55 times in the New Testament. 23 of those times, it's used in reference to someone preaching, and 22 of those times, it's used in reference to preaching the gospel, preaching the good news, and all of the other references are used to make a declaration or to boldly declare something. Well, what was the good news? It's the gospel. It's the salvation message of the birth of Jesus, the coming of his kingdom. The phrase that's used for good news is where we get our English word for evangelize. And what is it that we do when we evangelize? We share the good news, right? We share those good tidings of the salvation of Jesus, the good news of the gospel. Well, the herald of the angels not only brought the absence of fear, it not only brought the good news. When was the last time you heard some good news? It's always good to hear good news, isn't it? We like getting good news. But that wasn't all that the angels brought. I want us to take a quick look this morning at the Judean hillside and see why perhaps the angels chose to come first to the shepherds. Take a look with us this morning. As we walked up to the sheep, they were slowly munching grass, coming towards us, and we could hear this underlying crunching and munching. And there were a couple of them that were wearing the bells, so you could hear a couple ringing, and we were trying to figure out which one has the bell around its neck. There was one that looked to be lame, and so he was slowly following all the rest of them. And then to see this young boy, who barely looks like he's in his teens, was leading this flock of dozens of sheep around. And it was just really sweet to watch. It was very tender. One of the things that Luke reports for us in chapter 2 is that in the region of Bethlehem, the same region that Jesus was born, that night there were some shepherds out in the field with their sheep. And as they were tending their flocks, an angel came and announced the birth of Jesus. And they celebrated and wanted to go meet him. It would have looked a lot like this. It would have been dark. There would have been the bright light. And as they rejoiced, they would have been excited to know that the Messiah had been born. Being out there on that hillside, it was so much easier to imagine the night of Jesus' birth and to imagine a, a dark hillside while these shepherds are putting their sheep down for the night. They're resting, it's quiet and calm, and then all of a sudden there's this angelic announcement about the birth of the Messiah and they start worshiping and praising and I've just got that image stuck in my head now. And our guide actually made a great point when we were out there in the fact that because shepherds are always awake while they're working and because they see other flocks and other shepherds, that the best way during the first century to carry a message out is through the shepherds. And so maybe that was why God chose to send the angels to the shepherds first. 
because they would be able to spread the word, spread the good news of the birth of Jesus. So why do you think God chose to send the angel to the shepherds? Perhaps they were carriers of messages. Perhaps they were the ones who were able to spread the good news the fastest. The angel said, do not be afraid, for I bring you good news of great joy. That word joy in the Greek is the word kara. It's where we get the word gladness. It's what the word gladness means. Isn't it wonderful that the news of the gospel brings us joy, brings us gladness to our hearts? It should, anyway. It should make us excited. It should make our hearts glad. Listen to the words that the songwriter said. We sang it this morning. Mild he lays his glory by, born that man no more may die, born to raise the sons of earth, born to give them second birth. Doesn't that make you excited? <laughs> it should make you excited. He came to raise us from the pit that we were in to give us new life. That's the message of the gospel. It's a message of joy. It's a message of hope. And if that doesn't make you joyful, I don't know what will. It's exciting. The good news gets even better. Because the angel said, I brought you good tidings of great joy, which shall be for all people. For all people. People, we read in the book of Acts chapter 10 that God is no respecter of persons. Regardless of your race or your ethnicity, regardless of your social status, regardless of your wealth, regardless of your class, regardless of your education or your knowledge, Jesus came and died once for all. I bring you good news of great joy which shall be for all people. We tend to see that little tag, that little notification, usually around this time of year on gloves or hats or scarves that says, one size fits all, right? And that's not always the case, is that sometimes you buy something that says one size fits all, and you're thinking, what was I thinking? Especially if you buy something on Amazon or you buy something online and it tells you what size it is, and then it comes in the mail, and it's like, not at all what you were expecting. And so uh, we were sharing some stories about that the other week last year um, my mom said you know it'd be so beautiful to put one of those white uh, nativity sets those wooden sets out in front of the church with a spotlight on it and uh, you know the ones that have the stable and mary and joseph and the baby and so she goes i found this great deal on it for like 40 dollars i found it on amazon it'll be here this week i said oh that'll be great so she gets this package in the mail takes a picture of it and sends it to me the nativity came today i said oh it's so exciting it came little eight and a half by eleven package, <laughs> folded up, corrugated white plastic, that's about this big. <laughs> you never know what you're going to get. One size doesn't always fit all. When I was uh, younger, our family, every year Christmas, they used to have this Christmas gift exchange. And I don't think I would be out of line by saying I was the only one that dreaded this, this particular gift exchange because every single year the rules changed. So just when you thought you knew what they were going to do, they changed it on And so the deal was you had a specific amount of money you were supposed to spend on a gift for someone in your age bracket, and then they would do the kids, and then the teenagers, and then the adults, and, you know, they would go on. 
So this one particular year, I was a senior in college. I went out and bought this really nice gift, and I was all excited for what I was going to get during the gift exchange. So I put my gift into the pile, and it came my turn to receive the gift. And so I get my gift, and I open it up, and here is this little animated children's movie. And it wasn't just an animated movie. It was like the cheesiest animation that you could get. And a little bag of popcorn. And I was so convinced that I got the wrong gift, that somebody, you know, mixed up the kids' gifts with ours. And I mean, I was a college student, so I was hoping for some cash. I was hoping for, you know, a gift card, something like that. But sometimes we get disappointed with what we receive, don't we? It's not always what we expect. But I can assure you this morning that Jesus is the gift that never disappoints. Amen. He never disappoints. The herald of the angels brings the absence of fear. It brings the good news and it brings joy for all people. We can get so excited with the message of the angels that I think we kind of overlook the shepherds at this point. Don't. We get so excited with their tidings of great joy that we kind of forget the fact that not only angels appeared in the middle of a field at night, they were talking to the shepherds. I think we kind of forget what the shepherds must be thinking at this point. The angels talking. I'm bringing you good news of great joy for all people. I kind of imagine the shepherds like a little kid at Christmas. What is it? What is it? What is it? What is it? Waiting in anticipation for this good news. What is this great joy that is for all people? And so the angel goes on to speak the fulfillment of a prophecy that was given over 700 years prior. And he tells the shepherds that it was fulfilled that very day. Can you imagine? They must have been ecstatic at this point. And they had to be sitting there thinking, why us? Why would you come tell us? We're lowly shepherds. We don't have a, a high-ranking status, but you came to us. Don't you ever wonder that sometimes? God, why me? Why did you choose me? This is where the shepherds are as they're receiving the message of the angel. And listen carefully to what the angel says. For today in the city of David, there has been born for you a Savior who is Christ the Lord. Did you catch what they said? For today, in the city of David, there has been born for you. There has been born for you a Savior who is Christ the Lord. As you wrap your Christmas gifts, you no doubt put a little name tag on there so you know who that gift is designated for. So that when you hand off that package, that person knows that it was intended just for them. The package, the gift, has been given. And this is the name tag. He was born for you. For you. A centuries-old prophecy had just been fulfilled. And guess what? It's for you. The message not only brings hope, it brings joy that this Savior, that this Messiah was born for me. He was born for you. The message that the angel brings personalizes the gift of Christmas. Not only was the prophecy of the Messiah's birth fulfilled, it was fulfilled for me. Doesn't that make you excited? It was fulfilled for us. Not only 
Does it bring the absence of fear and the good news? Not only does it bring joy for all people, it brings the prophetic promise of a Savior. And the angel goes on to say, this will be a sign for you that you will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. And as I read over this and over this this week, I have read this verse so many times in my life. We, we memorize Luke chapter 2. We recite it at Christmas time. We think of Linus on Charlie Brown holding his little blanket and reciting Luke chapter 2. But as I read this verse this week, I could not help but think that the one who came to take away all my sin and shame, the one who came to take away my filthy rags, was himself wrapped in rags. Why? Because he came to give his life as a ransom for many. Because as Isaiah foretold, he took upon himself the iniquity of all of us. As if the visit and the message weren't enough, the story unfolds even further to the shepherds. Scripture says, suddenly there appeared with the angel a multitude of heavenly army of angels praising God and saying glory to God. And on earth, peace to men with whom he is well pleased. The songwriter said it this way. He said, hail the heaven-born prince of peace. Hail the son of righteousness. Light and life to all he brings. Risen with healing in his wings. Listen to the theology he packs into that little verse. Christ the highest heaven adored, Christ the everlasting Lord. Come desire of nations come and fix in us thy humble home. So the gift of Christmas has been given to each of us. Has that little name tag attached to it so we don't forget it was intended for us. so that we could make his home within us. Make his home within us. Fix in us thy humble home. And this morning, that precious gift is available to each of us. The Prince of Peace, the Son of Righteousness, who rises with your healing in his wings, your peace, your joy, your deliverance, your salvation. He holds the palms of his hands. I was talking with my son this week. He said, Mom, I just don't think God loves me anymore. I said, Well, why don't you think God loves you anymore? Well, because sometimes I say curse words. <laughs> sometimes I think of. And I said, Well, honey, we ask God to forgive us. But the Bible says that God's engraved your name on the palms of his hands. And you know in Scripture what that means is it's like he's got a grip. He's got a grip on you, and he's not going to let you go. That's the God that we serve. That's the God that left his heavenly throne to humble himself into the form of a servant so that you and I could make our home with him. What better gift could you give this Christmas than to surrender your heart 
in your life to Jesus. And maybe this morning you're here and you've never said, Lord, I, I give it to you. I turn over control. You know, some of us like to be in the driver's seat, don't we? We like to have control of how things are going and where they're going. But when Jesus is in our life, he's not a co-pilot. He's the pilot. We're just along for the ride, right? We're, sometimes we like to be the backseat driver. Lord, I know many of you know some of those, right? But we turn it over to him. We surrender. And so maybe this morning you're here, maybe you're watching, and you've never made that decision to surrender your heart and your life to Jesus. Scripture says today is the day of salvation, and you can make that decision today. But maybe like some of us, you've wandered away, wandered away from the cross, and this morning you need to come back, and you need to kneel at the manger and say, Lord, I need you to renew my life. I need to rededicate my heart. I need you to take me back to that first love. Take me back and remind me of that grace that you've given to me. I want to invite you to stand with us this morning. Every head bowed and every eye closed. Maybe you're here today. Maybe you're watching. You say, you know what, that's me. I need to surrender my heart to Jesus because I know that I cannot walk this road by myself. I would invite you this morning with every head bowed and every eye closed just to slip up your hand wherever you are. Say, Lord, that's me. I need your grace and I need your forgiveness. I know that I'm not perfect and I know that I've sinned, but I ask you to forgive me. Come into my life and make me whole again. Would you take control? Would you lead me? And would you guide me? I believe you went to the cross for me. And I believe that you rose again so that I could have eternal life. We believe that when you pray that prayer of confession, that God welcomes you into his family. Scripture tells us that everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. That if you confess with your mouth that he's Lord and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. It's an assurance. It's a promise that he gives to us. But maybe you're here this morning. You say this life has just been too much of a struggle. It's just too hard. Lord, I can't face another day by myself. I've wandered too far from the cross. Like the prodigal of run. But I can assure you this morning that God is running after you. And he's calling you to come home. And so this morning, if that's you, you say, I just run. And I need to come back home this morning. I want to encourage you just to slip up your hand. God sees your hands. And he's calling for you this morning with open arms to come home. joy that it brings to our lives. 
Christian Center's audio podcast. We look forward to connecting with you on our social media or at FCCFND.com.